Hi, this is Pastor Matt, and I want to welcome you to our Blue Oaks Church podcast. At the end of this episode, feel free to download our Blue Oaks Church app, where you'll be able to access resources, events, and ways to get connected at Blue Oaks and in the community. The app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend, and it's the easiest way to keep up with everything going on around Blue Oaks. Most importantly, though, I just hope that you enjoy this episode and it inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Welcome. I'm Matt Van Cleve, one of the teaching pastors at Blue Oaks. If this is your first time at Blue Oaks, I just want to say a special welcome to you. I'm glad you decided to join us. Today, I want to talk about how we respond to God when he speaks to us. And you may think, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never heard God speak to me. Well, I haven't heard God speak to me in an audible voice either, but he speaks to us in a number of ways that we'll get into in a little bit. I want to start today by looking at Exodus chapter 3. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Okay, so the writer of scripture says Moses is out in the middle of the desert alone, and all of a sudden this bush begins to burn. Now, some people may think that because Moses was called by God and he was such a remarkable man in scripture that he must have turned to the bush and said, behold, a bush that burneth. You know, we sometimes think of people in the Bible responding that way. Uh, When God called them, their answer is always the same. Uh, Verily, whatever thou sayest, I wouldst do. Uh, Well, that's not true, as we'll see in the story today. Okay, so a bush spontaneously burst into flames. Why? I think it's because God wanted to get Moses' attention, and that's a, a good way to do it. And God did get his attention, and Moses didn't look at the bush and go, Verily, a bush that burneth. Uh, There's no record of what he said. The writer says Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. Now, if a bush were to be set on fire, uh, how long do you think it would take for it to burn up? Uh, Maybe a few minutes at most. The interesting thing is for Moses to notice that the bush was not burning up, he would have had to stare at the bush for a few minutes. Yeah, not much going on in the desert. Um, It's interesting that it's after Moses stands there for a few minutes and realizes the bush isn't burning up that God speaks to him. Like I said, I've never uh, had one of those experiences where God speaks to me in an audible voice. Uh, God has spoken to me in a number of ways, though, uh, through the Bible when I'm reading scripture, uh, through other people. Uh, through aligning the circumstances of my life in a direction, uh, through wise counsel, uh, through my spirit and my mind, you know, giving me thoughts and ideas, uh, through peace that I receive in prayer. Uh, He's never spoken to me in an audible voice, but he speaks to Moses. But it wasn't until he stood there long enough to realize the bush wasn't burning up. God chooses someone who is not distracted. Uh, Some scholars think that the burning bush wasn't meant to be a miracle, but rather a test. God wanted to see if Moses could pay attention to something for more than just a few minutes. When Moses does, God speaks. 
And so the idea for us is to pay attention to what's going on around us long enough to hear God speak. I want you to think about something. Uh, You probably have a computer. uh, You probably have a cell phone. You probably have a TV. You probably have a stereo system in your car. Uh, You probably have uh, audible books and podcasts and music to listen to uh, when you're out for a walk. You probably have a a video game system, you probably have social media, you probably have cable TV and Netflix and Hulu and Apple TV and Amazon Prime or a number of other platforms to be distracted by. And you probably feel like I do a lot of times that the voice of God isn't loud enough. God wants to get our attention when we slow down enough to see him. Maybe the reason God can use Moses is he finds someone who has slowed down enough to notice that he's there. Maybe there are burning bushes all around us. Maybe God is waiting to give us direction and to speak to us and to become real to us, but we're moving so fast that we don't even pay attention when God is there. So what does Moses do? Verse 3, so Moses thought, I will go over and see. I want to focus on this little phrase for a minute. I will go over and see because Moses didn't have to go see. God didn't force him to go over and see. He could have focused on tending his sheep, except he would have missed his call. He would have missed the exodus. He would have missed the reason for his existence. He would have missed knowing God. The world has never been the same because Moses went over to see, but he didn't have to. And so the question here is, when God wants to speak to you, how well are you doing at going over to see? How hard is it for God to get your attention? Do you regularly go over and see? That is, do you take moments to listen to God? Because God really does speak. You know, I wonder how many times there have been little bushes on fire But great callings were missed because someone didn't go over to see. Well, Moses goes over. The whole story hinges on that. If he doesn't go over, there's no story. He just dies in the desert. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. Now think about this. If you're standing in the middle of the desert without matches and a bush bursts in the flames and that doesn't get your attention and then you walk over and you see the bush is burning but it's not really burning and that doesn't get your attention. If the bush talks to you, I think that's going to get your attention. Verse 5. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. 
And now the cry, and now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. God says to Moses, go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh. Now, we would expect Moses to respond like a, a righteous Bible person. You know, I shall go indeed. Listen to what Moses says. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Moses says, who am I? Like, I'm just an ordinary person. And God said, I will be with you. Moses says, who am I that I should go to the Pharaoh? I mean, that doesn't really sound like a great idea to me. What if the Pharaoh doesn't listen? Later on, Moses says, I'm slow of speech. I'm not eloquent. And I've said those words. And you probably have too. I can't do it, God. You're asking the wrong person. And God says to Moses what God says to me and to you. I know who you are. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant, for I will be with you. Your sin and your guilt, your limitations and your shortcomings are no longer the ultimate truth about you. For from this day on, I will be with you, God says. And this really is the promise of grace. And the reality is, for some of us today, we haven't been living in grace. We've been beating ourselves up. We live in guilt or shame over something from the past. I'm a liar. I'm an adulterer. I had an abortion. I broke some serious promise. I'm a failure. I'm a sinner. And you need to hear God say to you, I know who you are. It doesn't matter. The cross has made all of that irrelevant. Your sin and your guilt, your limitations, your shortcomings are no longer the ultimate truth about you. God offers grace. Some of us have people in our lives and they're waiting for us to share grace with them. Like Moses' people, they, they've been in the desert for a long time and they're running away from God. And maybe you need to say a little prayer today and ask God for an opportunity. Tell God that you'll be faithful. You'll share what he wants you to share. Some of you are sensing maybe God's leading and you're going to be the fire through which someone else meets God. God says, live in grace, Moses. I'm going to be with you. And when God comes to you and touches your heart with something that you need to do to make a difference in this world, it might be teaching, it might be leading a movement, it might be serving, it might be changing a career or changing a relationship or changing a diaper. No matter what it is, no matter what he's saying to you right now, he's not asking you to go alone. He's saying, I will go with you. God says, it doesn't make any difference who you are. I will go with you. And God always does this in scripture. He calls ordinary people to something extraordinary. And he says, don't be afraid. I will be with you. You know, whenever God gives this command, don't be afraid, he always gives a reason why we don't have to fear. Uh, it's what he says to Moses. He says, I will be with you, Moses. An author by the name of Susan Jeffers says, the ultimate fear underneath all of our other fears of loneliness or rejection or failure or so on, the ultimate fear is I can't handle it. Something really bad is going to happen to me and I won't be able to handle it. 
The ultimate fear is I will not be able to handle what's coming my way. And the ultimate promise of God is there's nothing you and he can't handle together. I'm telling you, when people in scripture or people in our day get a hold of this truth, it'll change their life. Look at Moses' response in Exodus 3, verse 13. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? Now, when Moses asks for God's name, he's not looking for a label, uh, for a piece of information, for identification purposes. A name is so much deeper than that. A name in the Old Testament had to do with someone's character. Uh, he's asking here about God's character, about God's intentions. Verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. That is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And that just about clears everything up, right? God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. And so God says, this is my name. And it's not just my name for the Old Testament. And Moses would have said the what? You have to think about that one for a minute. Uh, he says, this is my name forever. You know, people have devoted their lives to exploring the mystery of that name of God. In scripture, the word L-O-R-D, Lord, is four capital letters, capital L, capital O, capital R, and capital D. That's probably how it's spelled in your Bible. This name is actually four Hebrew letters, uh, Yod, He, Vav, He. Uh, what's interesting is in the Hebrew language, they don't have vowels, but the closest thing to a vowel in Hebrew is a Yod, He, and Vav. These four letters in the Hebrew language are barely pronounceable. Uh, one writer says these letters are actually the sounds of breathing. Yod, he, vav, he. Yod, he, vav, he. Some scholars believe that when God gives Moses this name, the name we pronounce Yahweh, they believe that it was actually unpronounceable. God gives Moses this name for himself that is the sounds of breathing. Yod, he, vav, he. The sound of breathing. It's like God was saying to Moses, I am the very breath you take. I'm the breath of life. Which is interesting because in the book of Genesis, God created Adam from the dust of the ground. And the Bible says, or the writer of scripture says, God breathed life into man. And it's then that the man started breathing. Think about this for a minute. When a baby is born, what does it have to do in order to, to live? Breathe? or say the name of God. The last thing you do before you die is take your last breath, or is it when you're no longer able to say the name of God that you die? Is it possible that you could be sitting with an atheist who is saying, there is no God, yod Hey vav he. They're saying there is no God while they're actually saying the name of God with each and every breath they take. The name of God is the sound of breathing. Well, I believe partly what God is saying to Moses by giving him this name is, I am the God who created you and sustains you. I am the very breath 
you take. I am the God who cares for my people. I have seen the misery of my children when they thought I wasn't looking. I've heard their groans when they thought I wasn't listening. I'm the God who saw you in the reeds when you were hidden as a baby. I'm the God who saw you in the desert when you fled as a fugitive. And this becomes a defining moment in the history of God's interaction with human beings. God says to Moses and to all of his children, I want to be known. I want you to know me by name, God says. Look at how Moses responds in chapter four, verse one. Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? What if they don't believe me? Can you relate to that? And God's answer to you and me is that's not your job. I mean, it's the most freeing truth in Christianity. It's not your job. Your job is not to convince or persuade or twist people's arms or to be such a clever communicator that people come to know Christ. Your job is not to solve the problem. Your job is only to be obedient to what God is asking you to do. The rest is his job. It's his job. Verse two, then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. I love this. God could have just told him. Uh, he could have explained it in big theological terms, but he says, take your staff and throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. Uh, serpents were worshiped in Egypt and they were considered to be poisonous, highly dangerous. Now God is a God of love and God is a God of justice, but here God is a God of humor. I mean, he, he turns the stick into a snake. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And Moses was probably like, you know, well, you take it by the tail. You're the one that turned it into a snake. Now picture this scene. I mean, just think about this for a moment. On the odd chance that you're going to pick up a poisonous snake, where do you think you would grab it? If you had to, you'd grab it right behind the head. Because to pick up a poisonous snake by the tail would put you in a very dangerous situation. It would leave you exposed to the snake's fangs. You see, this story is about trust. It's all about trust. God's trying to teach Moses that he can trust him. And the writer tells this so artfully. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and it turned back to into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Now, God must have sensed that Moses didn't get it. Look at verse 6. Then the Lord said, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was leprous like snow. Now, something interesting to understand here is Moses just received his death sentence. Uh, leprosy was a fatal disease. There was no cure. Uh, even worse than that, he would be despised, rejected, and never have social contact again because of how contagious this disease was. Verse 7, now put it back in your cloak, God said. So Moses put his hand back into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. God says, Moses, just take a few simple possessions. Take your staff, that you use to herd sheep. Take your hand, part of the body that I made and gave to you. Give them to me. 
and I'll do amazing, thing, amazing things with them if you trust me. You don't have to trust me perfectly, just trust me enough to give me what's in your hand. And I believe God says the same thing to you and me. What's in your hand? A few loaves and a few fish. And when they're given to God, I mean, they feed 5,000. What's in your hand? A two talents become four and five talents become 10. What's in your hand? And a little seed bears fruit a hundredfold. God says, don't worry about what you can't control. Give me unhindered access to what you have. To you and me, God is saying, what's in your hand? You know, you may have people in your life that are in crisis mode, and they would benefit enormously if you just took time to care for them. What's in your hand? You may have talent that God wants to use to help other people. You may have money that you need to hold on a little less tightly so that God can use it to bless others. What's in your hand? You may have time. And God could use you to serve. Maybe it's your career and God wants you to give it to him because he's calling you to something different. What's in your hand? Maybe it's success and God's calling you to redefine what success is. How do you become successful in God's eyes? Maybe it's a possession and God is inviting you to this adventure of just giving it away. Give it to him and see what he, ha see what he does, see what happens. Are you willing to give him what's in your hand? This really is a trust deal. That's what it was for Moses. God is calling you to trust him with what's in your hand. Just give it to him. Look at verse 8. Then the Lord said, If they do not believe you or pay attention to the first miraculous sign, they, must believe this, they may believe the second. But if they don't believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Moses said to the Lord, O oh Lord, I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. And God's response to you and me is the same as it was to Moses when we say, God, I'm not, I'm not smart enough. I'm not attractive enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not, I'm not a good enough leader. I'm not uh, quick on my feet. I'm not talented enough. I'm not capable enough. I'm not confident enough. I'm slow of speech and tongue. Do you realize there is no other person on the face of this earth like you? God created you unique. You are a unique masterpiece. You are his design. He created you perfectly for what he wants to do. Verse 11, the Lord said to him, who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. God says, I will give you an ability far beyond your own human ability. I will put my power, uh, the power of my spirit on you, and you will be gifted to speak prophetic words for the sake of my people. For I made your mouth, and I am perfectly capable of operating it, God says. You would think that would be enough. I mean, after all that Moses has been through, he's experienced God's grace. Uh, he's invited to know God by name. Uh, he's taught that he can trust God with what's in his hands, with his resources. He finds out that God is going to gift him, but still he doesn't want to do it. 
Verse 13, but Moses said, O Lord, please send someone else to do it. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. This is one of the few places you'll find that God burned in anger toward Moses because he kept making excuses. And we do this, don't we? I'm a nobody. And God says, I go, I'll go with you. I don't know what to say. God says, I'll tell you. What if they don't believe me? God says, it's not your job. Look at me. God says, I know I made you. Send someone else. God says, no, I'm sending you. When God speaks, we have no excuses. And so the question is, what is God speaking to you about? What is God, a tell, what is God telling you to do that you feel inadequate about? Think about that. Because you have no excuse. I will be with you, God says. Now look at the next verse. Even in God's anger, he's so merciful. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses and he said, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you and his heart will be glad when he sees you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. You see, God in his mercy tells Moses that he doesn't have to carry out this mission by himself. He can do it with his brother. He can do it in community. And so he gives them Aaron so that they can team up together. God says, Aaron is coming. And when he sees you, his heart will be glad. And what a wonderful thing to have that kind of community. And you know, by the way, that's one of my great hopes for our church, that we would make such deep connections in this church that we would see each other and our hearts would be glad. I felt that last week when I saw someone from Blue Oaks that I haven't seen for four months at the store. My heart was glad. You see, here's the question on this one. Who is your Aaron? Like who, when you see them, makes your heart glad? And another question is, who are you being an Aaron to? Who are you investing in and supporting and loving and praying for and encouraging so that when they see you, their heart is glad? Who are the errands in your life and who are you being an errand to? If you're new to Blue Oaks, maybe God will call you to a deeper level of community. You can find an errand here at Blue Oaks. You can be an errand to someone else in this church. Maybe you're not in a group and God may call you to do that. That's the best place you can find this kind of relationship. As I close this message, I just want you to notice something about this passage. Now, we never find out what happened to the burning bush. We find out what happened to Moses. We find out what happened to the, uh, the nation of Israel. We find out what happened uh, to Pharaoh and his soldiers. We never find out what happened to the bush. I think it's because it's still burning. I think God is still waiting for people to go over and see. I think God is waiting right now for you and me. What is God calling you to? All right, let's pray. And then Michaela will lead us in a closing song. God, I just pray for those who are listening right now, that as you put a calling in their heart and on their mind, that they would listen to you that they would trust you and they would move toward that calling with confidence 
And God, I pray that you would lead them to places where maybe they never thought they can go, to do things that they never thought they could do. And it would be so overwhelming and fulfilling that they would start living this kind of extraordinary life that we're talking about. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. We hope you found something in this week's message to take away and apply to your life this week. Uh, if you live in the Bay Area, we would love to have you join us for one of our weekend services. We meet on Sunday mornings at 8.45, 10, and 11.15. Uh, for directions or information about what we have for you or your family, your students, you can go to blueoaks.church or download the app today.